You are the Lord of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with the treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Stay dressed for action and keep your lambs, lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our God, your Father, and our Lord Jesus the Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, it's our normal custom to preach on the whole passage of Scripture that's given to us in our lectionary text.
text prescribed to us in the three-year lectionary, this year being C. But every now and then, one comes across a single verse in the Bible which is so rich and wonderful that it's easy for us to click the zoom in button to really linger over and unpack just a single sentence that is given to us from our Lord. And this is what we'll be doing today as we focus on just one verse. And that verse will be number 32 in our gospel. Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we'll we'll do this in four parts. First, the fear. Second, the flock. And third, the good pleasure. And finally, the fourth, the gift. So fear, flock, good pleasure, and get and the gift. So first, fear. Do not be afraid. And today we heard the Lord, he speaks these words to Abram as Dwayne read for us. We heard Jesus speak them to the disciples and we hear them often throughout all of the scriptures, don't we? Do not be afraid. Fear not. And fear is, of course, a powerful force in all of our lives. There are fears on a global scale. And tonight, Mary's going to speak to us of all kinds of fears across our nation, across the world, as we talk about disasters. And there are fears in our Christian communities. There are deep fears in our own life. And fears that we carry with us this very day. Fear is an unwanted companion in our life's journey. And Jesus, he knows your fear and he speaks today in the midst of your fear. And he wants to drive your fear away. But don't we wish that he could be a little bit more specific What in particular is Jesus addressing in this verse today when he says, fear not? Well, let's think about it in context for a moment. This verse, it follows on from the parable of that rich fool that we talked about last week when Jesus warned about greed and making an idol out of worldly possessions. And after that, he goes on to talk to his disciples about not worrying and not being anxious about what we will wear and what we will eat and drink and so on. Things that we consider to be our daily bread. Things that he will provide for us. So part of our fear is simply that, of not having what we need in this life and perhaps the fear of missing out on things of this life. 
But I ask you to look at Jesus's words. There's something a little deeper here. Jesus doesn't simply say, don't be afraid because God will provide for you. He says something far more extravagant. He says, do not be afraid for it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You see, as the antidote to our fear, Jesus points to the very nature of God and what he wants to do for us. Which suggests that the deeper fear, perhaps the fear that sits behind our other fears is the fear of how we stand before God. What he is really like. What his attitude is towards me. And this is the fear that St. Peter earlier in Luke's gospel has when he says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus says to him exactly what he says here today in our gospel. He says, Do not be afraid. So to this sort of fear, Jesus wants to show us clearly who God is and what he is like, not us. So if last week Jesus showed us a mirror for us to look in on and to see our own hearts, to see clearly our own greed and our own idolatry, which which causes us to live in that type of fear, then this week he turns that mirror to that very heart of God to drive away that fear. So that's the fear. So now let's move on to the flock. So first, the little flock. Fear not, little flock. Little flock, it's such an interesting way to address them. And on the one hand, it's an endearing sort of address, like when we say to our children, little Johnny or little Jenny. There's love and tenderness there, calling someone little. But it could also be that Jesus already be, is beginning to address our fears by acknowledging and speaking to the fear of our littleness, of our feeling insignificant, not only as individuals, but insignificant as a Christian community. Our fear of being little in the eyes of the bigger world. You see, these first disciples must certainly have felt like they were a little vulnerable group in the midst of a big, hostile world. They were quite literally little in number at this point. At the start of this chapter, it describes that in this place was a crowd of thousands of people. And there, huddled in the middle of this mass, is the little flock that Jesus wants to speak so tenderly to. You see, this is a picture of the church 
and how it is represented in the world. But these first disciples, they were little in other ways, too. They were little in their influence, little in their social status. They were little in their worldly power. And we may be reminded of St. Paul's words to the early Christians in 1 Corinthians that not many of them were wise by human standards or powerful of their or had noble birth, but that God chose the weak and the lowly and despised things of this world. You see, the Christian church is by nature not a big and powerful organization, or at least that's not to be its priority. Not first and foremost. First and foremost, the church is a little flock. We are sent out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And some of this, you may feel that. Some of us, we feel that in our workplaces. Some of us, we feel that in our own families. We may even feel that here today. A couple of Christians in the midst of a big group. We feel like we're a little flock. And that can be our own source of fear. And so we ask that question, how can Jesus say to us, do not be afraid? Well, because in calling us little flock, he's not only acknowledging our littleness and our vulnerability, but he's also reminding us this, that we have a good shepherd. And although we may be little, weak, and a vulnerable flock of dirty sheep, it's your good shepherd who provides for you so that you do not want. It's your good shepherd who leads you, who leads you to green pastures and still waters. It's your good shepherd who restores your soul. It's your good shepherd who guides you in paths of righteousness. It's your good shepherd who is with you in the darkest of valleys, even the valley of the shadow of death, so that you fear no evil. It's your good shepherd who fights off the wolves. It's the good shepherd who protects its sheep. And it's your good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep so that no one can snatch you from your father's hand. So Jesus can say, little flock, though you are, do not be afraid. So that's the fear and the flock. And now we'll move on to the good pleasure and the gift. Jesus says, he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for. In other words, because. Do not be afraid. Because what? Because it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, this little phrase, the father's good pleasure, or that he is pleased to do this for us. This gets right down to the heart of our fears, doesn't it? 
we fear that God's heart is not full of grace and mercy towards us, but only anger, judgment, and punishment. Now, this fear is not completely irrational, of course, because it is true that God is holy, God is a God of justice, and that therefore He does punish sin. His wrath does come in judgment of evil. And we know our own littleness, our own unworthiness, and so we fear how God is towards us. But what Jesus wants to tell you here clearly today is that God's work of judgment is not what he delights in. The prophet Ezekiel says that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And Paul says that God's will is that all may be saved. If the heart of God is not anger and condemnation, but what the Father delights in, what He enjoys, His good pleasure is to give to you more than you could even imagine. We have some youth in the church today. Think of the hearts of parents. Think of the hearts of grandparents. We love to give to our kids to provide for them. And now as a grandparent myself, (laughs) I love to spoil my grandchildren. And we worry about maybe even giving them a little too much. But part of that problem of giving kids too much is that it's not just about the joy it brings them. It's about the joy that it brings us in giving to them. It's the joy it brings grandma and grandpa. It's the joy that it brings mom and dad. And Jesus, he's showing us that this joy that we experience in giving to our children and giving to our grandchildren, it's just a glimpse. It's just the faintest reflection of the pleasure and joy that our Father in heaven has in giving to us. This is Jesus' promise to you in the midst of the deepest fears in all of your hearts. And if you still wonder how that is possible, ultimately it's because the Father's good pleasure is giving to you in first his son, Jesus the Christ. Remember his baptism. This is my son, the beloved in him I am well pleased. It's the same word, in him is my good pleasure. The father is pleased with his son because he comes to live for us, to die for us, to rise again for us, so that now the father's good pleasure is for you Because you are in Christ and he is in you. Finally, is the gift of the kingdom. What is it the father's good pleasure to do? It's to give. Your father is generous and he is a giver. 
He gives and he gives and he gives. He doesn't offer to sell you the kingdom. And he doesn't offer to grant you the kingdom after you've earned it. No, he just promises you that the Father gives you the kingdom. He's a giver. Remember this. Jesus has already taught us this. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke eleven thirteen. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also will him graciously give us all things? Romans eight thirty two. In the face of all of our fears, Jesus wants to assure us that the Father is a giver. And notice also how massive that this gift is. And wouldn't you be happy with just maybe a a parcel, a small piece of the kingdom? Wouldn't you be happy with just being a a small subject in this kingdom? Because deep down, you know that you are a sinful person who is unworthy of the almighty God of the universe. Because a little piece of the kingdom is more than any of us could even hope for. But because Jesus knows your fear in this, he doesn't promise you a part of the kingdom, a piece to be a subject in the kingdom. No. He doesn't promise you a place in the kingdom. No, Jesus says the Father gives you the kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that never ends. Dear saints, you are not a citizen in the new kingdom, but you are a royal heir in the kingdom, a son or a daughter of the kingdom of the universe. C.S. Lewis often wrote that our problem with God is not that we want too much, but that we want too little. Our desires are too weak. We set our hearts on earthly things and God, he wants to give us the kingdom. So the fullness of God's kingdom awaits us when Christ returns in glory. But the kingdom is wherever the king is. So that even now the kingdom comes among us. The kingdom, as Paul describes it, it of righteousness, that of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he secured the kingdom on the cross where one man asked him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yes, you are a little flock, but remember, you're given a massive kingdom. There's Jesus' promise to drive out your fears. In all your fears, listen to Jesus' words to you today. Fear not, little flock, 
For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I ask you at this time to please rise and sing with me today my favorite hymn. Hymn number 532, How Great Thou Art. Oh, 